Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family. Get your family going today at lifetime.life forward slash kids. You know, I think that uh, Flores really likes a physical style at the linebacker position. So, you know, that's something that's going to have to be addressed. If anything, uh, our defensive backfield is going to be revamped. I think that it's going to be very interesting to see which guys stay and which guys go. Welcome into the Minnesota Vikings podcast. It's been a big week in Egan so far. News breaking Monday night about the Vikings hiring Brian Flores as the new defensive coordinator. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about that today. My name is Tatum Everett. I'm alongside Gabe Henderson, Jay Nelson, Eric Davidson's our producer. And we've got Vikings radio analysts who also played linebacker and coach for the Vikings, Pete Bursich. It's a crowded room today, but a fun one because this is such a great thing to finally see the announcement, Pete. I know that the instant reaction that you had is located on Vikings.com. But, you know, after a few days of processing, what do you think of the fit? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it, it's it's we'll see. Right. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, he, he has a good he has a really good pedigree. Right. Four Super Bowl rings, spent a lot of time with the New England Patriots, was a signal caller there for one year. Um, but was never given the title of defensive coordinator, which I which I find interesting. No, you know, nothing to do with him or anything. It's just you know the Patriots and how they do stuff. It's just it's just always always interesting. And you know his um, tenure as a head coach down in Miami, where he definitely turned that program around and you sent them in the in the right direction. And I think the the success that they've had uh, is largely to do with the moves that that franchise made while he was a head coach and who they drafted. I mean, they had a lot of high draft picks, no question, but they used them well and, you know, added talent that way. So, yeah, definite New England ties, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how much of that, you know, how much of that carries over. I know Josh Boyer was his defensive coordinator for a couple of years down in Miami. He's another, you know, New England guy. So that team, that team's running strong. Uh, you know, with the Vikings new situation defensively. But my quote, you know, my thing is, is you have what three former head coaches on a staff now, Gabe, um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, so you, you you know, between Petten and Flores, uh, you know, you have a couple other guys that have, have run teams and run organizations. So I think that's a great thing. Uh, from an experience standpoint, um, for you know, for O'Connell to have other people in the building that have been in his shoes and do those things, it's just a matter of how do you manage it, right? Because uh, you know, sometimes too many too many cooks uh, in the kitchen. So uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see how that turns out. We we all know the story of Brian Flores. Uh, I guess you know just from where he grew up. Uh, growing up in a, in a military family, just his no-nonsense type of personality. H- how do you feel like that will marry with Kevin O'Connell's, you know, laid-back, players-coach type of guy uh, here in Minnesota? Well, I, I, I think you wonder, you know, is that is that really, the, you know, is that the case with Kevin O'Connell? I mean, he gives that he gives that image. He's he's unlike any other head coach that, you know, we've I've, I've dealt with. I've been, this is, you know, been through six of them. You know, so he's he's a little different in that respect. But Flores, yeah, we we need a little bit of that. You know, that's the that's the type of mentality that you would 
you know, from, from a 10,000 foot level, that's the type of mentality that you'd want with your defense, right? A little, you know, a little bit more attitude. I think the main thing though, is accountability, accountability, accountability. And that's making the players accountable for what they do and do not do on the field. And, you know, I, I don't think it's nice to have, it's nice to have a guy that's not just going to give you the warm fuzzies, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and again, you look at Flores and where he's from. He's 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 from. We've all seen Belichick's press conferences, right? There are it's not a lot of not a lot of sunshine and rainbows, you know, coming from coming from that organization. And so I, I don't expect to see a ton of that from him uh, either. So yeah, it's just it's just it's just some good attitude, right? You know, and that and that's what you need. That's what you you need to have on defense. I think that's part of what our defense has been lacking. And, and uh, you know, hopefully he'll bring the main again, accountability to this team and to this defense. I did see a, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but I did see a, essentially a quote from T.J. Watt with his time here over this past year at the Steelers saying one of the things about him is he does expect a lot from you, but he's also younger enough and identifies with the guys and can hang with them. I think there will be that connection here. So hopefully, you know, a guy like Flores walking in, yeah, he's going to have those high expectations at the same point. You know, I think that's kind of Kevin's thing, too, is there's high expectations of what he expects out of his playmakers. And on the flip side, then he's going to be able to identify and and, and connect with them that way. And I think it's just, you know, those guys aren't going to ask them to do anything that, you know, at least expectations wise that they wouldn't expect from themselves. One of the things that really jumped out to me about Flores, too, is I just I feel like he's a grinder in that he was a scouting assistant, a quality control guy, special teams, defensive coordinator, safeties, linebackers. He's had experience at all these different levels defensively. It kind of reminded me of Stefanski kind of, you know, working his way up through and, and earning the respect that he knew what he was talking about in these different areas. And so a guy like Flores, to me, having done all of those pieces is a huge valuable asset and that he'll be able to kind of speak on all the different levels since he's actually had that as part of his resume. Yeah, he has. Yeah, you're right. And, and that's everywhere he's been. He's had success. Right. And then you see a guy just move, you know, earn his way, move up the ladder. Um Right. It, it, I think that's exciting. We've seen a lot in the way of relatives and progeny, you know, coaching, and that's that's not a bad thing. I mean, it, it's not um, I'm not saying, you know, the sons of coaches, you know, you have you have Phillips as our offense coordinator. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Wade Phillips was unbelievable. Bum Phillips was unbelievable. And so now you have a little different flavor in this guy, right? He had a little different background. Good college football player, injury ended his career and just loved the game. So he started to coach and, you know, worked his way up from there. So that track record, he's earned it, right? He's earned it. It was nothing's been given to him in that respect. So, um, yeah, he's definitely going to protect his turf, I think, in that respect. And, and uh, it, it's going to be a good thing. Flores is obviously inheriting a defense that went through a lot of change last year. A lot was made from the 3-4 to the 4-3. I mean, excuse me, from the 4-3 to the 3-4. And now I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk and a lot of questions about what to expect when Brian Flores gets here. We know he's blitz happy. We know that likes a lot of man-to-man, which is a little bit of uh, the complaining I think I've found a lot on Twitter was that uh, not enough pressure on the quarterbacks this season or or maybe some soft coverage there. So how different do you think the the defense could look with Flores taking over, knowing his history? Well, knowing his history, he's he spent a lot of time in the defensive backfield, 
right? And as a linebacker coach, um, he has, I had, didn't see anything at all where he's been a defensive line coach per se, but we know in the draft of drafting Wilkins and then Jalen Phillips, a guy that I know Gabe and I both like coming out of the, coming out of college, yep. they've added some talent, right? You know, the, so he can identify defensive line talent. Um, so I think if anything, uh, our defensive backfield is going to be revamped. I think that it's going to be very interesting to see which guys stay and which guys go. Um, he's definitely more of a man-to-man style, matchup style of, of defense. And so that's where, you know, and this, that's, that's kind of the, you know, I, I, I guess I could see that being something he and O'Connell can agree upon and that this, the way that this NFL way the league is going, it's, it, it, it's about, the defensive backfield you know it's a pass happy league teams still run the ball yeah they do but majority of the time you're going to need to have that back end so our obviously with with the way with Patrick Peterson is you know we look at him uh Harrison Smith being older you know Cam Bynum finding a way to make the roster for a couple years in a row it's going to be very interesting to see if scene fits, if these guys that are back there fit his his scheme and style, and if they do not, and if he doesn't have faith, the guy like Cameron Dansler, can Cameron Dansler hold up all year as a corner, challenging guys, playing man to man, right? You know those kinds of things. That's where I think you're going to see the majority of the change in those five guys in the back end. Yeah, you talk about the back end, and um, I, my my college roommate um, played cornerback for Brian Flores in Miami. And uh, I was talking to him earlier this week, and he was basically saying, you know, Brian Flores is going to get the best out of you. Like, he's just an honest guy. And um, some players are turned on by it. Some players are turned off. But he usually wins the locker room from from that perspective. And I know you just talked about the back end, but when you talk about this front seven for this Minnesota Vikings team, what what players do you think benefits or, you know, kind of gets the best out of, you know, their potential with Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's yet to be seen. I think the linebacker position is going to see some changes, you know, with kind of what they want. You know, I think that uh, Flores really likes a physical style at the linebacker position. So, you know, that's something that's going to have to be addressed. So, again, the, you know, the front four, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, I, I, I mean, he's played a 4-3. Mm-hmm. He's made the transition to a 3-4. I think he's going to do fine. You know, Harrison Phillips. You know, he's still under contract and you're paying him a lot of money. You know, he's another guy from a 4-3 to a 3-4. So he's kind of seen everything in between, you know, what we do, whether or not we go to an outside linebacker spot or do a true defensive end with Daniel Hunter. You know, personally, I think Daniel Hunter prefers to have a hand in the dirt instead of being, you know, stand-up kind of guy. But now, you know, he's done it for a season. So he kind of has that uh, that ability, that arrow in the quiver, so to speak. So, you know, do I think it's going to get blitz happy? No, I don't necessarily think it's 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 that's going to be the case. Uh, you know, I hope we see a little bit more of attacking protections and being a little more prudent with, uh, you know, with those things that we do. And, you know, that's that's charting, that's knowing how offenses block things and, and, and then finding holes and, and making it difficult for the offense, right? Make them throw hot, make them do different things, make them a little bit left-handed, so to speak. So, um, yeah. I mean, you know, you look again, I, I go back to, you know, Wilkins is a guy that they drafted who's a hell of a really good football player, another first rounder. 
you know, they had, he had in his three years uh, in Miami, he had six first round draft picks and I believe three second round draft picks. Igbenogany, the corner was the guy that he brought in. So again, he, 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 he can identify talent and what you don't want to see are misses. You don't want to see first rounders that, that don't really do anything. Yeah. But in the past three years, it seems like the, the, the main talent that he's brought in is all is, is done well. And he's drafting D linemen and corners. I mean, that's, those are the spots, right? Those are the, the outside, the edges of the defense, the two corners and your two defensive ends are the most important, you know, important players out there defensively, you know, what, and I'm not sure uh, what's going to happen with Zedaria Smith, uh, but he can, you know, he's definitely a great football player. And I think his attitude matches Flores. And I think Flores, that's the kind of guy that Flores wants, uh, you know, to be part of this defense. I think on my end, uh, you had brought up the the fact with the secondary and how much that would be impacted on this, especially if it's going to be a lot of man-to-man uh, asking. But one of the things that he's known for is doing a ton of seven or eight uh, man kind of mugging uh, just at the line where you just you have no idea what they're actually what coverage they're actually in because everyone's on the line together and and trying to kind of interpret what that's going to be. You know, one of the guys that we've loved to do those kind of plays with has been Harrison Smith, and given all the contract situations and everything else, that's all going to, you know, figure itself out here in the next couple months. But a guy like Harrison Smith in a, in a defense here with Brian Flores is something that I think a lot of people are intrigued about. What would you think of a guy like Harrison Smith being able to work at least at this point in his career with a Brian Flores, if that's the kind of style that he wants to play? You know, I watching Harrison Smith, he still, I think has some, has some gas left in the tank, right? From a physical standpoint, he still plays this game in a very, uh, he plays very, very hard. You know, he hustles, he works hard, does those things. He's also very versatile. As a coach, you know, you guys mentioned getting stuff out of players. Your job as a coach is to make a player better than he thinks he can be. And that's important. It's extremely important. It's an important concept that both the coach and the player understand because because of that level of expectation, because, you know, I'm willing to make you better than you think you can be. We're going to be at odds and I'm going to be grumpy. Right. And, I, and I'm going to be um, pushing you and, and demanding more of you. And as long as the players understand that, um, I think that they, they like that. Great players love to be coached. Great players love to be coached hard. Right? That's what they want. And I think Harrison Smith is that kind of a guy. He wants to be coached. He wants to learn. He wants to be aggressive. And then his skill set with the versatility, meaning, you know, when Harrison Smith walks up to the line of scrimmage, he can blitz. Right. He's not a decoy. <laughs> He's pretty good at blitzing. Anytime they bring him into the box and do certain things with them, you know, it's it's the uh, uh, Swiss Army knife of safeties and being able to do all those things and still at his age do them at a high level. So in that respect, thinking about it, that's the only I mean, that would be the only thing or the only reason why I would see him wanting to part ways if, if his age requires too much money or they just don't think physically he can continue to hold up. But uh, from a skill set standpoint and what Harrison Smith likes to do and can do, I would I would think that uh, he'd be a good fit for what uh, he wants to do. Well, Coach Flores is another coach on the Viking staff now with Super Bowl experience, which is great because, you know, building yeah. that culture, starting the foundation. Uh, he only has four rings. He only only has, four? So. He, he maybe more than what the coaches have right now combined. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, more I mean, than any of us have. I was gonna say he That's and great. I have the same. You know, he's got he and I combined together have four rings. So at the same point, <laughs> <Yeah. you> know, <laughs> we're good to go. 
Yeah, that's exactly. it's perspective. That's what it's about. Yeah, I mean, it always helps mm-hmm. adding that in. But but I mean, in all seriousness, guys, this weekend is the Super Bowl, which is exciting. You know, only one team happy at the end of it all. We've got a big matchup between the Chiefs and Eagles. So I figure while we got Pete on the phone, Pete, you got any predictions for Super Bowl Sunday? Not really. I mean, I, I definitely have a team I'd rather see win. You know, I, I'd like to see the Kansas City Chiefs win, no question about that. Anybody who's been a Vikings fan uh, and has been around, you know, and has <laughs> yeah. been to Philadelphia, yeah, you, you just um, – I, I, I do hope the Kansas City Chiefs win. Um, you know, how well Jalen Hurts plays is is going to be big. I mean, you know, he, he's he's – that offense is specifically designed for his skill set. And I think we saw that um, earlier on in the season when we went, you know, we were there, I believe it was week two and, you know, the different things that they can do with him. Uh, you can't do, you can't do that with, with, with uh, most quarterbacks. Um, you know, the health, uh, the health of Mahomes is going to be a big deal. They've been there, the experience that they have, that's going to help them. I don't know. It, it'll be, it's, I think it's going to be a good game. Right. I hope it's yeah. a good game, but um yeah, I definitely, I definitely hope Kansas City wins by a lot. <laughs> by a lot, wow, wow. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little, I'm a little torn. What you were torn about? You didn't what? grow up hating the Eagles. I did grow up hating the Eagles, yeah. but as a like, cowboy guy, as, yeah, I'm, I grew up a Cowboys fan, but yeah. it's just like I, 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 I value open offensive line, like good offensive lines. And the fact that the Eagles have a good offense, like I'm, I'm, I'm like a steak and potatoes type of guy. So like, <laughs> when it comes to that, I'm just like, I just want the old lineman to to get a get a ring. And, and two, Jalen Hurts has never gotten a ring before. Pat Mahomes has. So it's like now you got two quarterbacks with the ring. Let's run it. Well, hopefully not run it back next year, but let's run it back in the future and hopefully you know let the chips fall where they may be. But I'm I'm just a little torn. Wait just, a minute, who who watches football that way? Me? Really? Who watches football that way and goes, well, you know, when, when I don't, already have a, when my t- already have a Super Bowl ring, so I hope the other guys, because they've worked so hard. My thing is, like, when, uh, when, uh, when I don't have an affiliation, if I don't have an affiliation, oh, it's like, let uh, the best man win, and, let, you know, let's keep it fair across the board. But I, 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 I honestly— and, and you know what, G- Gabe, you do bring up, I think, uh, an extremely, uh, extremely astute point in the fact that, and I, and I actually talked to uh, Ryan Grigson about this, that— Philadelphia has had an offense, a, a very good offensive line for many, many years. And I'm talking, you know, last, what, eight, 10 years. They always, no matter who is up there. And, and, and again, of course, my favorite offensive lineman of all time, Halapula Bati Vaitai, started <laughs> as what? At Philadelphia Eagle, yeah. right? They go find guys from New Zealand. Uh, they find guys from all over the world that maybe have never played this game, right? And 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 make great offensive linemen out of them. But and I forget the gentleman's name, but he's an, the offensive line coach that's there. Um, you talk about a valuable guy to a franchise. You talk about having the most important position group shored up and shored up for a long, you know, long term. Not 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 having to expend first round draft picks across the board just to get guys who are okay. You know what I mean? I think that 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 one and again I'm sorry I forget his name but that 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 oh, no. position we got it coach, for you Jeff Stoutland yeah is 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 so so critical uh, and that's a big reason why Philly's had the success and that's why Gabe likes offensive linemen even though he was a wide receiver which well, makes zero sense well I came in as a quarterback and, uh, and if 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 I'm getting sacked that means offensive linemen 
aren't blocking for me. And if I'm a receiver, right. you know, we only get the ball, you know, seven times a game. So it's like if, if my quarterback's get getting, you know, yeah, I yeah. So you know what's I interesting? Just I just hold on now. I just don't see Gay back in college <laughs> going out with a bunch of six foot four, simply <laughs> three hundred and fifty pound dudes. Hey. Right? You didn't hang out. You didn't hang out with those guys. He didn't want to have to be buying steak and potatoes for <laughs> exactly. those guys. Exactly. It's exactly it's the same way. It's the same way you look at Jay the way you do. That, that's the thing. You know, yeah. Okay. Big, he, he's just a big bodied offensive lineman type guy. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, I don't want you know. You don't hang out. You don't. Come on now. Yeah. I just I you know I, I don't, don't buy have, it. I didn't have the money to take him out to dinner, so I just let him use my meal pass <laughs> at the cafeteria. <laughs> they didn't. Yeah. No NIL when you were in college, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Probably. Speaking of college, that's actually where Stoutland came from. I think this is pretty interesting. His first job in the NFL is with the Eagles. He's been yep. there since 2013. I'm looking at it going, wow, he was the offensive line coach the year Alabama won the national championship against LSU when I watched the LSU mm. offense not make it across the 50 yard line. So, yeah, I mean, that's line is huge. The line is huge. I, it is. It I, is. Yeah. To have someone like that to, to shore, yeah. again, shore up that position is, is, uh, I think you've you. I think we can all like you take a step back and look at the Eagles. And again, Gabe brings up a great point that these these offensive lines that the Eagles have put out there over the last you know what, like I said, ten years yeah. have all been very very good, very very well coached. Right? They don't have any glaring weaknesses because you don't get to the Super Bowl with a with a glaring weakness at any position. Yeah, we you know it, it's. It's one of those things, man, where how much is that guy worth? How much is that position, that that person worth to a franchise? And I think for Philly, you definitely have seen that. I was going to say, Gabe, you may be steak and potatoes, but I'm more brisket and macaroni and cheese at this point. <laughs> oh, I hope, man, now I'm hungry. I hope the Chiefs absolutely smoke those birds. Mm. And oh, so, uh, okay. Well, I, I, for, I just want it. Here's the thing. Any Anybody, and I think – a lot of the Minnesota side is it's not so much the team, it's the fan base. Yeah. You just don't want to, you know, have, give them that satisfaction. And so for me, at least this weekend, you know, I think it really does come down to how bad is Hurt's shoulder and how bad is Mahomes' ankle. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, who's going to be able to battle through that the most? Um, I think a lot of people feel like the Eagles' defense especially is probably better than the Chiefs. But at the same yeah. point, I mean, it's the X factor of Mahomes. And, um, you know, if, if, if he wants to – continue to try to chase the Brady record. Um, you know, he's going to have to make the most of opportunities like this to try to keep stacking rings. Otherwise, a good you know, it's just going to be tougher and tougher for him, for his future and his legacy. I mean, for the amount of draft picks that the Chiefs and the Eagles have just hit on in the last year alone, really, I think is what's an interesting point going into the Super Bowl because I know last podcast we talked about how you know, the Chiefs have, I think, like six starters from their draft class this year. And then you look at the Eagles, who really went out and played well in the free agency game. They got a nice, nice guy, defensive guys in the draft. Well, the Eagles, their their entire offensive line are drafted guys. Like that, that too. Like it's is, just you you look yeah. at that and how much that plays a part into like these teams that are creating these foundations, which obviously is something they're trying to do yeah. here. Yeah, and the addition of Brown was huge too, right? I yeah. think it's it's That's one why of those things where you know with Tennessee saying, you know, shipping that kind of a playmaker. And then you have a guy like Jalen Hurts who, who, if you watch, you know, I remember watching film on him earlier this year, you, you watch him from previous years, the accuracy, um, his ability to make certain throws, meaning if you're a run threat as a quarterback, you're going to get more one-on-one -on -one coverages on the outside. And for Hurts to be able to throw a deep ball accurately, and have a guy like Brown to be there to, to expose people. 
Man, that's huge. So it's not, it, again, it's the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts and you're, you know, Philly, you know, definitely made some moves and it is pretty amazing how the NFC East a year ago was a doormat. Remember? Oh yeah. my God. Somebody yeah. from the NFC East has to make the playoffs. Uh, and then <laughs> this year it's, a, it, it's such a quick turnaround. Right. And so next year's schedule comes out and everybody looks at the NFC South and goes, exactly. Oh, win. that's a win. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's crazy how, quickly you know this league this league can just change like that and and you're right uh tatum that philly has done a lot of good things they've had a lot of good people and um you know kudos to them i I guess for me you know i think the last couple of weeks i've like spent some time like pondering our roster and like going up and down i'm like what are what are we missing right because you want to get into the playoffs that's the number one goal for every team once you get into the playoffs i mean look at how luck uh, was on the, I guess was on the side of the Eagles. I mean, you're 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 playing against a fourth string quarterback against the 49ers in the NFC Championship. So Pete, you know, we we watched a lot of film together uh, every Monday, every Tuesday. For you, what's what's missing? Like, what what's the one thing that this Minnesota Vikings team that's missing that can help us get over the hump? Let me say this: if if we can find a way to protect Cousins just a just a little bit better. Right. I'm not talking about a quantum leap, but just protect him better, especially in the middle of the offensive line. Justin Jefferson will get to 2000. He'll get to 2000 and beyond. You know, I went through and and we've done some film rooms on on Jefferson's season, you know, and watched the entire, you know, watching pretty much the entire season and the number of times that you've got guys open. Um, Like with Philadelphia, when we played Philadelphia, their shutting down of JJ had more to do with getting pressure on cousins than it did with covering JJ. Now the lions did a great job. And then as the season went on, we saw adjustments made Jefferson continue to improve. And we found ways to get around and beat and, and, you know, take that next step with what corners and safeties and, and everything, you know, what they were trying to do. So figuring out or, or, or just that, figuring out that offensive line, you know, getting that group, solid and better in pass protection. I think that's that's one thing, middle of that offensive line. Defensively, we need some depth at defensive line, right? You, you've got to have six good interior defensive linemen. You, you just got to find them. You, you know, you got to have six. You can't have two, right? You need you need more bodies there. Um, you know, and, and I think the defensive backfield is, is, you know, we haven't had two lockdown, not even lockdown corners, but just two corners. I mean, look at the look at the different names that have started all you know outside of Chandon Sullivan. You didn't know who the next two corners were going to be week in and week out. It was you know, injuries. It's this. It's that. I mean, that that's another thing that you got to come come up with is just is 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 figure out and get these guys out there. And I don't care you know who it is at corner, but they've got to be out there for you know 17 games, 16 games a year. You can't have guys shuffling in and out and have one guy in this week and different guy in, you know, next week. And hopefully Booth can come back and stay healthy. Hopefully Scene can come back and stay healthy. It'd be a good start. But uh, you can't be playing merry-go-round at the corner position. It's just too tough. The one attribute to me that I am happy to have heard echoed, at least from coaching and uh, front office a little bit, was the idea of, we need more speed on this team. And I think that's the thing that's always impressed me, especially with a team like Kansas City or a San Francisco or even Philly at this point, adding A.J. Brown. 
is that you are getting insanely ridiculous athleticism out of these guys and just pure speed. And it felt like in the games that where we really fell behind last year, it was that speed option that really killed us, especially defensively where we're chasing guys instead of covering guys. You know, I, I'm hoping that, and this is probably the topic for the upcoming, you know, draft coverage and everything is if we are going to focus on trying to get more speedy guys, and I know everybody is, um, kind of identifying those positions and then who's going to work in those positions to be able to, to you know, try to cover their playmakers and to try to really neutralize what they're trying to do on offense to give our defensive line some more time to really make those kind of plays. So that's my biggest yeah. thing is, is just watching this offseason, whether it's free agency or or the draft, is just trying to find those speed guys to, to help our defense. Yeah, and, and you know, getting a chance to see a little bit more of San Francisco's defense at the end of the year, what impressed me about them was their, was their physicality, right? I mean, in this day and age where, you, you know, you're whip screens and you're throwing, you're throwing quick throws to the outside and, you know, you're trying to get uh, wide receivers the ball in space, it's kind of a long handoff. With their DBs, especially their safeties and their linebackers, when people were getting tackled, they weren't falling forward, right? It was throw, catch, tackle, that's it. You weren't getting, you weren't seeing San Francisco give up a lot of yards after contact. When San Francisco came last year and scrimmaged against the Vikings, what was the thing that you heard afterwards was how physical that group was. Yep. And you taken, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's two yards here, three yards here, five yards there. You know, when that all, once that all adds up, that adds up to a lot of yardage. That's, I think, the main thing yeah they've got some great athletes right they've got some guys that are just truly unique and can do certain things but the physicality of that defense is what you know is what really really impressed me going out throughout the year now for the vikings i mean you're you know you you look at uh we had we had some we had a lot of dudes that were just uncovered (laughs) you know what i mean you had a lot you had a lot of big mistakes you had a lot of guys crossing the field tight ends up the seam against new england you know, those those are e- more easily fixable, I would think. Um, but you got to start there. You got to start with the explosive plays. I mean, you got to sit down and make a cut up of every 20 yard plus pass play that we gave up and figured out what, you know, what happened and why. And if you're just saying, well, we just didn't get to the quarterback. No, that's, <laughs> you know, you're not going to get there all the time. And so I think that the those kinds of strides will be the easiest to make. And if you just play discipline uh, and you play consistently and you put, you know, that's that accountability thing I talked about earlier, you're going to see, you know, big improvements. It's not, it, it, it's a lot easier to go from 32nd in the league on defense to let's say, you know, 20th than it is to go from 20th up to the top 10, right? It's a lot easier. And so for Flores, I think that's the appealing point of this job is he can't, I mean, let's face it, how much worse can this defense get, statistically speaking? Yeah, those 20-plus 20, those 20 yard plays, Pete, I think we gave over 60 of them this season, which yeah. was incredible. I mean, it's just, right, it's ridiculous. And, the, you know, and, and at this level, you can't, you know, you don't see free runners. You know, c- catches need to be contested all the time. And you don't, you know, we saw just so much of it that, so much of it that was just too easy for offenses where, you know, again, you watch the games and you see our offense having success, but it was always, you know, we were, we were behind, we were behind, we were playing catch up, but, you know, you just, it was, it was uh, a lot of pressure 
you know, because of the points that, that, you know, we had given up and, it, you know, they, we had some areas like the red zone where we, you know, we were, we were better, you know, a couple categories situationally, but between the twenties, holy cow, it was like, it didn't matter if, if it didn't matter if the, the opponent's offense started on the five yard line or the 35 or 40 yard line. It's like they were zip, zip up and down, <laughs> up and down the field too much. Yeah. You know? So but again, that, that's the easy part, easier part. None of it's easy, but it's the easier part is just to make sure that you eliminate those those types of mistakes and those, you know, put yourself maybe schematically or from a play calling standpoint in those positions. Well, and that is what the Vikings are hoping Brian Flores can help do. This offseason now is all about the roster building, getting things ready. I know for us, we've been kind of decompressing from the season Maybe our schedules are a little bit lighter, but I don't really think anyone is taking advantage of the offseason quite like Aaron Rodgers has been. Pete, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but I would love to get your opinion. Uh, <laughs> he is he is doing an isolation retreat in complete darkness for four days. Huh. He Good said he'll have him. yeah, he says he'll have a better huh. idea of his playing future afterwards. He's looking more forward to this than than most things, he said recently. Um, darkness by yourself, four days, isolation. How, how do you think you'd fare? Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like, whatever. He's looking for something. I mean, he's looking for something. And the ayahuasca didn't is, do I, it, I guess. I think he's going right. to try it mean, again. He's looking for something and enlightenment, I guess, or whatever, a higher, a higher consciousness. And my point is, you know, good luck to him. Right. <laughs> I mean, I would rather go to an island where it's sunny and hot and just take my cell phone and put it away. There you go. I mean, isn't that, the, isn't that the same thing? You know, I mean, I, I get that he can't go a lot of places without being recognized and bothered. I That's get fair. that. Except you for know, a dark hole by uh, himself. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I, I do. I do. I do like the fact that he's asking those questions, I guess, and looking at, at life in that way. I think that's a, you know, that's just a, a, a evolution you know, and so that's cool that he's going through it and that he's he's asking those questions, but you know, four days of darkness, whatever. I mean and how about how about one more another picture of Tom Brady? It's like Tom Brady takes a picture of himself and it's news. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I don't really it's a care slow period right what he's now. doing right now. I don't care what his ex wife is doing right now. You know what I mean? It's like just leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> they like it, they like amazing. attention. It's just amazing to me. You know, it's like, oh my God, Tom Brady took a picture with his shirt off. It's like, yeah, big deal. That means so he's what? coming back. That means I mean, he's coming back. I don't, you know, who who cares if he comes back? <laughs> right? It's not. I, I don't. I don't. If he retires, you know, yeah, he's one of the best, of, if not the greatest of all time. Good for him. See, I for you one know? feel like Aaron Rodgers is playing Mad Libs and just trying to find, <laughs> throwing ridiculous things out there to see what actually gets reported on by the news. Sure. So yes. he's, I his mean, whole thing. Got, I mean, that, yeah, you can't trying argue to, with trying that, to stay right? relevant. Have some fun with it. Yeah. yeah. Have some fun with it, I guess. But, yeah. Just make uh, it as ridiculous time, as possible and just, you yes, know, let the media exactly. re- report it and then giggle to yourself <laughs> on the couch as you see everybody run with it. You know, the funny thing is he doesn't actually have to follow through with this because it's an isolation retreat. So no one has to vouch, no one can vouch for you. That's right. Yeah, you know what? It's a good point. You could have you could have that thing full of you know full full with you know beer and food and music <laughs> sitting. You know, and everyone would think 
Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good yeah. point, Tatum. Good point. But yeah, then again, but but again, who cares? <laughs> no, I mean it's fair. No, it's just, fair. I just want him to be happy. I don't. I'm okay yeah. if he's unhappy. I mean, as a as a like when I hear like isolation, I'm just like, dude, just come out with my mental sanity. Like that's all I care about. Football wise, that's different. But got it. I, I just hate that is this big of a, a thing, but I get it. It's what we. It's the. It's I'm the, I totally the and I totally in. fed into it by bringing it up. By the way, it's the world which we is why I think it's I'm funny. I'm glad you did. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. It, it is. It, it's it's just it, it's absurd. In a lot of ways. It's, it's just like you know, you know. I, oh my God, Tom Brady's on a boat with his shirt off. It's like, great. That's uh, wonderful. It's the greatest time to be a professional athlete. Is the off season right? There's a couple of things. Number one, you don't ask, you don't ask a player right when the season's over. Like, and I mean, in the locker room after losing a playoff game or, you know, last game of the year, if they're going to retire, because everybody <laughs> wants to retire the la- after the last game of the year, right? You I mean, everybody's like, I'm done. This is it. My body's shot and everything. And then you get to wake up the next day and go, this is the greatest part of being a professional football player is January and February and March where you don't have to do anything. Right. And then April and May rolls around and you're kind of like, yeah, you know, I think I, you know, let's, let's start you know, getting back into it and everything. That's so just give it a few months and you'll hear Brady, you'll get the itch. You'll be like, Oh, maybe you know, it's like, whatever. It's, it's just, I don't know. Every, every off season. It's every offseason. Would you be? Let me ask you this, guys. Would you be happy if uh, he was the quarterback of the Vikings next year? Oh boy, ah, that exactly. might that it's might like, be a topic uh, for a podcast yeah, another day. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's just like uh, I don't know about that. Just, you know, it's like uh, exactly. So I think yeah, he's done. Uh, I tweeted that like when he walked off the field after that um, Detroit Lions game, just like his demeanor. I was like, he he's done. Like. I would like to see him, you know, play again just because of his, you know, greatness, but just not for the Green Bay Packers. So we'll, we'll see what that looks like. But, I, I mean, whenever you got to do this multiple times, I, I just think you mentally aren't really in the game anymore. Like you're the, the fact that you have to contemplate it, it's just like, hey, I'm not 100% here, but I'm just going to make sure that I'm not 100% before I actually announce it to the world. So <laughs> I, I, I get it. Like I get it from like a media perspective. Like we want to make this bigger than what it is, but still this yeah. – I know he well, has, you know, bigger issues. So it's like I just want him to be happy. Like, just be happy. If come not, out. if not for the rule changes with, uh, you know, touching the quarterback even <laughs> anymore, he would have been done five years ago. You know what I mean? So it's, with Tom uh, Brady, it's like, you know, it's just, it's just, it's uh, you know, he's a, he's he's the right man in the right place at the right time. You know what I mean? You know, when he started this league, they could still hit the quarterback. There's there's no way that he would be able to survive if uh, – that's why I, I still look back and think about Brett Favre's career and think about how amazing it was for him to start as many games in a row as he did back in a day where you could actually actually land on top of a quarterback. You know what I mean? You could actually knock him down. It, it's uh, – so, and the, but the, the NFL knows that, you know, you don't want to pay all that money for a ticket and, and see two backup quarterbacks go, go at it, right? You got to keep the star players playing – and keep them healthy. So anyway, but uh, yeah, what's uh, Aaron Rodgers doing again? Four days of four days of dark, complete <laughs> darkness is just living darkness. in Wisconsin in the middle of winter at this point. Is it Wisconsin? Uh, you know what? That's oh, a good point. you compared it. Got it. So, sorry, that did not process. <laughs> that's pretty funny, though. You know what I mean, you just go up to if he wants four days of darkness, he can go up to like Superior and just hang out and shut the window, <laughs> exactly. shut the blinds in the window. That's funny, and just 
the, maybe the that's show. what it is. Maybe that's what it is. But nobody see. But then nobody cares. It's got to be something. It's got to be something goofy and different. It right? does. That's just, his shtick. That's his. That's his brand. Right. He's on brand. If he really wants to make yeah. this work, all you'd have to do is do like a Rocky Four montage of him. You know. Pulling boulders and flipping logs and all this kind of crazy crap in the middle of nowhere. And everyone yes. just started laughing, going, this guy's you on know, another he, level. Yeah. If there's a guy that needs a doppelganger or you know, somebody <laughs> that looks exactly like him, he is Rogers because you just, you know, you could do that. You could just send send your doppelganger all over the country doing weird <laughs> weird stuff. And um He has know, one. Just let it out there. He has one. He's got a guy who's a he's a comedian from the UK who looks exactly like really? him. And they've actually done like sit down interviews with he the two of to them game, together. Right? Yeah, to he years? went to a game yeah. from from England to to the to uh, Green Bay. So yeah, it could be just like uh, when you have dictators and stuff running all over the place, and they're kind of like they kind of look the same, but they're not quite sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. what you could do. I think that'd be great. Just like one day the he could be at a fashion job. show, yes. the next week he could be climbing a mountain. You know, so next versatile. week jumping off a balloon from you know hundred thousand feet in the air. I mean, yeah, you could you could have fun with that. Next on a Taylor Swift concert. Just kidding. There you go. <laughs> that coming. would really throw him off, right? Well, then he could start dating Taylor Swift, right? Isn't that, isn't that <laughs> She's taken. She's taken. Not that uh, I know. Well, that makes it even better. <laughs> Is it, doesn't it? it Shit makes it does. Well, Pete, we thank you so much for joining the show, having some fun with us and uh, um, talking about Brian me. Flores. I know that you can see Pete doing Film Room right now on Vikings.com. He also has an instant reaction for the hiring as well on vikings.com or your vikings app uh but guys i think we just need to wrap things up obviously you know we've got a lot going on position recaps pro bowl content there's a pick six episode gabe's interview with cameron wolf there's a ton on vikings.com just because it's the off season doesn't mean we're off so check it out again thank you so much pete we appreciate you and we'll see you around all right guys thank you Woo.